Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Do you aspire to become the best leader you can be? Then come along with me and GLE. Faith, love, integrity, courage. Four key values of great leaders all around the world. I'm Phil Swanson, and I'm on a mission to bring you leaders from all walks of life and arm you with the tools and mindset to lead effectively in whatever you are called to do. Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Go Lead Everything. I'm Phil Swanson, back with you, and I got a special guest today. A gentleman that I bumped into on LinkedIn, just chatting on commenting on a post, and I was so intrigued by what he was talking about and some of his points about psychometrics and, and behavioral science. I'm just really, really interested to talk to this individual. He's over uh, in England. In uh, where where are you where are you at, David? I'm, I'm going to leave that to you. I want to hear you say it. You you to Exeter Exeter you to Exeter. You talk to her? That's it. Yeah. All right. You talk to her. And uh, he's the founder and director of Abel and Rush People Solutions Limited. And uh, really varied background, experience based manager and trainer. He's got uh, a history in law enforcement and uh, skilled in crew resource management, flight safety, helicopters, aviation. Uh, He's got a certificate in business management, graduate certificate from Staffordshire University, and uh, worked also with the Jamaica Constabulary Force and Jamaica Defense Force to develop their helicopter operation and working practices. So really cool history, cool background, varied experience, really, really deep insights to share, at least in our first interaction, he's had some so far. So I'm really excited to share David Howell with the GLE network. David, welcome to GLE. Cheers, Phil, that's fantastic. Yes, I, I didn't realize I was that um, exotic, as it were, really, after reading all that out. But yeah, it was a very, very career, very lucky, very fortunate. Well, I was, I was telling you before the show, you know, you remind me of, uh, of Mr. Darby from Suits, and I, I was thinking you might be a, a badass British rugby player. Hopefully, Darby ended up being a murderer, I think, so I don't, I don't oh, think man. you're... I don't think you're uh, you're doing anything like that, but I've got that um, box left. To take. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, let's not check it. I think. No, 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 no. Um, so, David, why don't we open up? Tell me and and the audience a little bit about your story and how you came to found Able and Rush and, and People Solutions and what you're doing now. Right, it's it's quite a long story. Um, left left school. We'll start there. Um, it was a quantity surveyor of all things, which is um, a, a role in the construction industry and that didn't last too long it's one of those jobs you, you hear that don't look out the window in the morning because you've got nothing to do in the afternoon but it just it just didn't grab my kind of passion and, and what I wanted to do and strange enough I, I worked in a building called Peel House in Burton-on-Trent which is not far from here so Robert Peel started the, the police force back in back in well a few hundred years ago now but um, it was owned by his uncle or or one of his relatives and I was looking out the window and I thought and saw two police officers walking past I thought wow that's cool and and that's I'm going to do that I want to do that they were just walking down the street talking to people interacting and thinking wow you just don't know what you're going to do from one minute to the next mm -hmm. 
Um, there was that interaction with um, with the public. And it, it sounds a bit corny, but kind of making a difference. Mm-hmm. They were making a difference. I mean, that was back in 1989. So I decided to join the police force. I actually wanted to fly before that. I wanted to join the Navy, but oh, wow. through a, a, a minor health issue, I wasn't able to join. So <clears throat> um, much to my mother's kind of... Um, she didn't want me to join the police, shall we say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being a bit of a mother's boy and protective. So I suppose a lot of mothers kind of look like, kind of look to that and see their their kind of because I was a twin as well. So oh wow, yeah. So fraternal um, or identical? Identical. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she didn't want me to join really, but I did anyway. Uh, fantastic career, and I, I always remained operational. So I did the traffic. Um, Kind of the fast cars, advanced driving, firearms. Um, I didn't tell my grandmother about that because <laughs> uh, that would have upset her. So I kept that to myself. Yeah. That's back in '94, and, and got a lucky break. And it's, it's amazing. Sometimes you, you take a step back and think, how on earth did I get here? What happened? Right. Right. That serendipity, that luck to get you here. And one Sunday afternoon, um, I had a pursuit in one of the towns in Staffordshire with a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we ended up catching it eventually um, and boxing it between cars. It's quite quite amusing, really. So the motorcycle was boxed between cars and he was just sat there between the two police vehicles and had nowhere to go. So little did I know, but the, the helicopter, the, the force helicopter was over above and, and monitoring and videoing. So he said, what should we do? Let's go. Let's go in nice Sunday afternoon. Let's kind of a, a trundle down to the air unit and pick the video up that they prepared for us. And it went from there. So they invited me to go on a, a night shift to experience flying in a helicopter. Wow. And I just thought, wow, this is just amazing. And this is where I want to be because the people on the unit were, were fantastic as well. They were that passionate, that enthusiastic, enthusiastic about what they did. So I thought, I just, I just want part of this. I want to experience more of it. So I was lucky to get a job on there. 2005, I became the, so quite a grand title, of the Deputy Unit Executive Officer. That's the title you had as the sergeant. So I looked after the, the training, um, recruitment, and that's when I got involved in crew resource management because that's an aviation um, subject. So most aviation accidents, I don't want to put you off flying, but most of them, or 80% and above, are human-initiated. There's a human mm-hmm. element to it. So by looking at the human factors that, and the human elements, uh, getting people certainly in a, in a police environment within an aircraft to work closely together, you get the maximum out of the aircraft. So a lot of the time I've, I've always said that you can have the best aircraft in the world, the best cameras on board, right. the best technology. If you haven't got the people working together, you just lose that ability. I know it's a bit military kind of terminology, but fight with the aircraft to get the mm-hmm. best out of it. To yeah. find people that are missing that need to be found. Yeah, finding yeah. criminals that are, who don't want to be found yeah, uh, and using it to its kind of maximum capacity. So, um, yeah, I was, I was lucky. Um, managed the base in, in the Midlands, a place called Hapney Green. It was very quaint, near a place called Bridge North. That got closed down, unfortunately. And then somebody said, well, why don't you come down to London and work down here? Uh-huh. A, a friend down at a base at Lippitz Hill. And you think, well, that's that's miles away so kind of 150 miles how am I going to do that we worked it out and um 
I went and worked down there for three years, and that was a totally different experience. Wow. Had the, the honour, actually, of um, leading uh, President Obama across London when he visited um, the UK. Wow. Yeah. So Crazy. now here's a story that they wouldn't allow the American aircraft and um, Marine One to just kind of fly across London on their own. They wanted a British police aircraft to for them to follow. Otherwise, they got lost. Hmm. So they had to follow us. So um, that was a real honour, to be honest, to uh, be part of that and to see the the kind of the entourage that goes with it and the security and the support and the preparation was just just fascinating just to be part yeah. of it yeah i imagine so i yeah. imagine so but on the on the flip side um things like grenfell tower you've probably heard of and some of the terrorist incidents that that took place that was a, a totally different experience for me coming from mm-hmm. a, a, what we call a county force a more rural mm-hmm. force to one of the big metropolitan forces and obviously the capital yeah probably one of the biggest in the world yes yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the complexity, obviously, of running a police force like that and all the different kind of um, specialist areas that are involved was was a huge eye-opener and, and a, an honour to do it, really. So I learned sure. a huge, huge lot about myself as well as in the oh, process. Yeah. yeah. Huge. That's crazy experience, David. I'm curious, you made a comment about technology and the aircrafts and, and how people being... Uh kind of a key factor mm-hmm. is that something you see a lot today as organizations are working to implement new technology and I, I know there's lots of conversations around the world around how technology is going to replace jobs and and things like that do you where do you see technology sort of heading and you know are is it going to continue to be the case do you think where people will continue to be sort of this necessary magic piece or or do you think humans will eventually completely be replaced? That's a huge question. And, and one we're trying to, um, with colleagues, is trying to work that that one out. Um, even in, in AI, it's dependent on the, the people who are programming it, people who are making it, developing it, because it will always have uh, and we look at a thing like Conway's law, it'll always have from the, from the top down of any organization, mm-hmm. shall I say, that there's that influence from the top that goes from the top, top down. Mm-hmm. Um, and is actually transferred all the way down to the people on the, on the front line. So in terms of, of technology, I think we have to be careful that we don't outpace ourselves and that the solutions that we are providing are actually in line with the, the, the problem and the solution that we're, we're trying to find. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, I became, uh, I did a contract after I retired in 2019 as a, as a business change manager um, of a or kind of record management system, quite a high value one within a, within a local police service. And the, the problems it caused almost, or if they, actually did outweigh the solutions that they were trying to to solve wow and so many factors and i i was the person who wrote what was called the post implementation review so to look back over the project and see where the pitfalls were and look at if lessons could be learned in the future and i was horrified really by the amount of luck 
that was involved just to switch the thing on not alone not alone be success successful and actually improve policing and, and improve the life of the people on the front line mm-hmm. um it, we do the digital quite well we we forget a lot of the time the the transformation which is the human element mm-hmm. which is what i kind of kind of reflecting back on aviation and, and people and crew resource management was was the bit i was fascinated in yeah so change management is a, is a, is a huge thing really and, and we don't always get it right i mean I don't know the full facts, but you look at the number of IT projects that, that simply fail mm-hmm. because we forget the human element. Um, sure. I don't know if that's a, an answer to your, your, your question. But yeah, it's a fascinating topic and, and really good insights. I, I don't know if you know a guy named Jordan Peterson, Canadian psychologist, yes. Um, yes, kind I've... of blown up over the last several years, spoken mm-hmm. in, in, uh, in England a couple of times. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, interesting insights, you know, varied opinions on Jordan. I, I, I like a lot of his uh, kind of the, w- the way he thinks through some things. And one of the things I heard him say recently was kind of right along the lines of, of what you said, you know, we, th- we think we're providing a solution to a problem, but we have such a narrow understanding of the problem that we, we don't see that by now adding this solution in, you potentially are causing way bigger problems down the road than you had any any visibility into from the start and you know it's almost like from a change management perspective this hesitation to okay you know we we need to be very careful as we implement changes because we don't necessarily understand these complex systems going around around us and how they even function absolutely yeah Uh, and this is we can kind of touch on on the psychometrics here is that what are the people that are receiving the change or having to deal with it and it's normally the people on the front line that have to deal with it the consequences what are they actually and where are, where are they before the change takes place what are they feeling and what they're experiencing and we're doing this in terms of psychometrics not from a verbal perspective not how are you yes i'm fine thank you how's it going yes it's okay um how are you today yes i'm busy we can they which is kind of almost like a fob off response to a lot of these questions because right. we don't get to the the subconscious we don't get to the root cause of the the problem or a an answer that we can we can work from yeah you don't so, get a real answer how are you no. today oh i'm fine well that's not really how i am no how am i really yeah and <laughs> you if you're know. a supervisor and somebody says that to you you, you can always kind of again you, you've got that warm fuzzy feeling because I've, I've, I've actually asked them and they said they're fine so that's that's as far as it goes mm-hmm. there's not that time and effort mm-hmm. the supervisor themselves might be in a in a poor place anyway so just to have right. somebody say they're fine actually and not coming back probably with a no i'm not actually and there's a lot going on i need to talk to is a relief they've got the the, the fine response back to some extent mm-hmm. so Going back to that, we just, we just need to to find out what's really going on to sure, get sure. to the root cause, um, that inner response that yeah. well, they can't actually lie to themselves. And that's the beauty of the psychometrics we're using at the moment. David, There's I want to no- dive into psychometrics. Before we do, if y'all aren't following David, he's on LinkedIn, interacting, huge, great ads and content that he's putting out there on LinkedIn. Go check him out, David Howell. You can find him at ableandrush.com. That's A-B-L-E-A-N-D-R-U-S-H 
com is his website and uh yeah go follow him on linkedin he's got a book coming out here in the in the summer i don't know if there's any details we can share on that yet david or just be on the lookout for that yeah there's a working title of and this will probably fits into this as well which is um speak up listen down which is quite a kind of contentious interesting title interesting what makes it what makes it contentious we don't do enough of it hmm um, and that's and that's what I found out when I unfortunately um, got into a bullying situation. I wasn't the bully. I got I got bullied in the police service of all places. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, so let's go there. I know you've got a lot of experience with bullying. Bullying it probably led kind of to the psychometric sort of uh, pursuits, did it not? It did. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, again, it's amazing about how those dots get joined up sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, looking back, it might sound a strange thing, but being bullied, although it was really unpleasant and dark at the time, has led me to really where I am and talking to you. It sounds yeah. daft, but the people so, of it. What do you mean by bullying? I actually want to make a difference. I had a guy on my show one time, and I think I named his episode "Be Thankful for the Bullies," because he had a bullying experience that kind of set him down a path. To where he is today and he almost has like this weird gratitude for the yeah. fact that he was bullied and i heard that in your voice a little bit david that yeah. you know almost like uh you know it's funny it was horrible and dark and and terrible can you share a little bit about your experience Definitely. i don't know if you're comfortable please, doing that yeah please don't get me wrong some people don't get that and they're not that fortunate and they're still living yeah experiences be it ptsd or even depression and, and some really wicked, even down to suicide due to sure. some of the bullying that's going on. So I'm, I'm not taking that in a in a light a light way. Yeah, but um, it, it came about by something sounding quite trivial, really. That um, there was 15 base managers in the country for the National Police Air Service, and they wanted to change the the shift pattern. Um, a senior officer did anyway, and I, I kind of took a step back and thought wow, this is going to cause so much havoc, really, potentially. And I did the, the figures. You're going to lose half of your staff because they can't work in a new shift pattern. Um, you're going to lose a lot of experience, which is a risk in itself within aviation because it takes easily probably 18 months, two years for somebody not just to get trained, but actually get the experience to, to manage aviation within in the police service. Right. Um, so I put this all down and said, I've got a different idea, different solution. And I got my head kind of shot off, really, by the senior officer. So wow. me thinking, wow, I've got a solution here that can solve a lot of problems, save money, give a better service, um, retain your staff, stopping them kind of going out the, the door. Mm. And I got the total opposite. And that put me into the shell. Really, and, and and this what happens a lot of the time is if you you get that kind of pushback, mm -hmm. um, I certainly did. Was right, okay. Um, I can't take it any further. I'm just going to turn up to work. I've offered my um, experience. I've offered my advice to try and solve it. <clears throat> so I'm just going to turn up at eight o'clock in the morning and go home at that's very kind of general. Go home at six, and that's sure. it. I'm just going to sit there and do what I need to because I've got only two years left to do before I retire. So I'll just sit it out yeah you get into like a cruising mode then because and you actually think well 
or I did in, or reflect on it, you don't actually hurt the organization. So you don't hurt the person who's bullying you. One, you hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And you also hurt, hurt the organization because you've always been passionate about it. The people around you have been fantastic. So in a way, you're not getting back at the, the person who you see as this, this figure of hate and how dare they kind of treat me like that. Mm-hmm. But you, you kind of end up kind of demonizing yourself, really. But um, after, I, after I left the police service, this is when I got involved in the psychometrics. Some um, junior, junior showman who's um, South African, just invited me. Again, it's, it was a LinkedIn connection. Um, why don't you come and just do my psychometrics and, um, and have a look, see, see what you think? A um, little bit reticent and standoffish, I suppose, to start with. I'd, I'd done psychometrics. I don't know if you've done psychometrics in the past, Phil, anything? I don't have a ton of what, how would you define psychometrics? What do you mean by doing psychometrics? Um, say doing a questionnaire and it'll tell you if you're blue, green or. Yeah. Like a personality sort of test. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've done, I've done several. Actually, I did Jordan Peterson's recently. Okay. He's got one. uh, It's based off the big five. You're probably familiar with that. The big five traits. um, Yeah. yeah, I, I, I find that stuff very helpful and useful to uh, to really help you see um, tendencies and and maybe mm-hmm. uh, maybe uncover past programming that maybe you, you didn't know you you necessarily had more yeah. as like an internal tool to help how you you know interact and where where you might need to focus as opposed to uh, you know maybe pointing to those areas where all the other people need to focus. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've done some of those, and yeah. but. I'm going to shoot those out of the water now because this, it was totally different, hmm. totally different. This was, wasn't 15, 20 questions. This was two hours of um, different tests. Wow. Looking at cognitive ability, ability to focus, concentrate, mm-hmm. vision as well. Um, then preferences and, uh, and also looking at, at the big five as well. But also looking at mental health and, and if if somebody's in burnout as well. So mm-hmm. the whole remit and the idea is to put that together because we're not just one single focused element. Yeah. And and personality certainly in personality tests you can actually cheat those if you wanted to. Certainly in a in a, a workplace scenario. Or oh sure, it, yeah, you can you can. Yeah. Lie, so they want, basically. Yeah. yeah. So and, and you can actually get them off the net and trial them before you do them. So you you can work your way around, but there was nowhere to hide with this. Mm -hmm. And the debrief was critical as well. And as I said before, you you can't lie to yourself because one, you don't know what you're looking, they're looking for. And the way it's put together and debriefed was fascinating. And it it came out that, yes, I was more on the creative side. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't like um, injustice. And, and also that I was more of a nonlinear thinker. So a, a bigger picture thinker mm-hmm. rather than a linear thinker mm-hmm. and you put context around it and that's the big thing so reflecting on the bullying i could see and and in a bullying situation a lot of people say oh you're doing the right thing it's the other person that's that's out of order here you carry on you're doing the right thing but actually looking back now mm-hmm. part of the problem and part of the risk was me mm-hmm. from the psychometrics and it mm-hmm. told me what risks i posed myself and sometimes those risks you see as being an advantage or a strength, when actually they can actually be your Achilles heel. 
Right. So being so being creative and, and looking for solutions, mm-hmm. I've got a solution to the 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 problem to the um, shift patterns. Mm-hmm. I want to tell everybody about it. I can save money. I can save jobs. I can save kind of experience here. Actually, if I thought more about it, let's think. Okay, I've got a solution. But if I tell this person at this level and they're non-linear mm-hmm. or linear, should we say, I'm going to get a real kickback here and, and end up kind of in a dark place I don't want to be. How do I then mm. communicate with that person? Mm. How do I know what's going on in, in their world as well? Mm-hmm. What pressures have they got on them, be it at home, be it from above? What pressures are they being piled onto their shoulders to save money, should we say, which mm-hmm. might have been an issue? Yeah. Are they overpromoted? which is a lot of problems we see at the moment with some like 80% of, of leaders being poorly selected. So are they in what we call that Dunning-Kruger, that overconfidence um, in their own abilities, mm-hmm. the, the Peter principle in terms of overpromotion. So it helped me to understand where they were as well as I was. Yeah. So that's how really I was able to forgive, heal myself mm-hmm. and protect myself for the future and importantly move on. So, and that's why I kind of find myself in this space now and, and looking at anti-bullying and, so in the workplace as well. It's fascinating, David. I, I'm pulling up. I pulled up my uh, my recent results when I took the big five. And it, it's almost yeah. funny. Like, I, I feel like we're so quick to point externally on, oh, you know, this this person did this to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think the I just posted on this the other day, kind of the teenager mentality versus actually becoming an adult. And I I don't think we fully grow up into adulthood. And I, you know, I feel like I'm just starting to as, as a young man, but you know, I don't think we fully grow up into adulthood until we take full responsibility for our situations and, and see how we control our situations. Now we, we not, we might not like the way we're treated by other people, but like, like one example I'll give, I'm very high in agreeableness Yeah, and, uh, um, that they, they divide that into compassion and politeness and I'm mm-hmm. high in, I'm high in both of those. And one of the biggest problems with people that are high in agreeableness is they tend to get walked over because they don't know how to stand up for themselves, yeah. uh, in an appropriate way. And, yeah. uh, you know, I've, I've, as I like gauge through my whole past history, I can think of so many <laughs> examples mm-hmm. where, where yeah. I've, I've let that happen and then they harbor resentment and they, they end up being passive aggressive at times. It comes out in the wrong way and in inappropriate ways. And, um, you know, I, I just, I'm curious, like thinking back to your experience on the force and, and that time, knowing what you know now, what would you, or if anything, have done differently, um, maybe in your response to the, to the way this individual treated you? The big thing for me is, and it so many things come full circle to self-awareness, and, and I wish I'd known that. That that's the key, and, and known my own own risks. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you've 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 touched on personality there, but personality is a, is a fluid thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it it can change at the, the the kind of the toss of a coin, really. Yeah. Dependent on on the environment you're in. If mm-hmm. you've got people around you that are supportive. And you're in a role, and this is a key to the psychometrics as well, because we look at complexity. And if somebody's in 
or has the innate talent complexity to deal with the complexity of the role, there's a happy balance there. And if they've got the environment around them as well, and, and the people and support, and, and a, a big thing at the moment, um, it's a bit of a buzzword, isn't it? Psychological safety there. Mm-hmm. Then everything is on a, on a, on a nice, even keel. Mm-hmm. And those are the places where you want to be, because then you'll start being engaged and start wanting to push the creativity and, and work with others and understand others and appreciate them. And you get that satisfaction of being thanked as well for jobs well done. So it's, a, it's that, that atmosphere, that environment. Um, so if I, if I look back, I would say the key to a huge amount of things is, is that self-awareness, knowing who you are, mm-hmm. but, but not through personality, purely personality kind of. Right. it needs to be deeper it needs to be the holistic look at yourself Mm -hmm. because it might be your eyesight that's causing you problems and frustration Hmm. it might be because you are a more non-linear thinker that you struggle to communicate with people around you Mm -hmm. and we do have polymaths out there that are just kind of phenomenal thinkers but how they communicate and build relationships is a struggle right and we can kind of touch on education there, go back to education, is that uh-huh. education is built on meritocracy, really. And if you right. kind of fall out of that, then either you're disruptive because you're under-challenged mm-hmm. or, or seen as a troublemaker. But how, right. much, how much potential or how much waste is out there because they don't fit into that narrow band to be able to regurgitate the information passed oh. to them to pass an exam? Oh, so much. So much. And the, the ones that have a good, um, let's call it identity, you know, a good self self confidence in their abilities, whether they, you know, had good parents that instilled that in them or whatnot, they end up going on to be successful in spite of all the world telling them that they have these mm-hmm. problems. And then, you know, others that maybe don't have that sort of thing and, and don't, don't have that strong identity foundation, they maybe mm-hmm. go different ways. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I see that all. I love David what you said um, about how your personality will change based on your s- environment, your surroundings. I feel yeah. like this is something that I I didn't take as seriously. I mean, everyone always says you're going to become who you hang around, and the big buzzword I hear everywhere now is you're the product of the five people closest to yes. you. But you know, truly, if your personality, if the way you respond, the way you act can can literally change based on your environment then your environment and choosing who you're putting around you you know being purposeful with your association and the association of your family is so important i mean it's so important i just feel like it's underplayed i love how you focused on that because i i think that's so right on Mm. Uh, yeah we've we've um done assessments on people that we find are in a cruising mode uh, and and the the classic is um, somebody coming up to retirement. Mm-hmm. So they're very kind of perfectionist in their in leaving a legacy that they don't want that undermined. Mm-hmm. They kind of close that off from people that um, they see as rivals and want their position. And again, it doesn't do them any good. So their mm-hmm. be, their behaviour will mirror and reflect what they're going through so they'll probably seem standoffish 
quite abrupt potentially, sure, uh, sure. not want to get involved, perhaps unsociable. But actually what they're doing, they're kind of bringing themselves in. So that personality to somebody looking outside in is, well, that's, that's, that's kind of antisocial. That's not very helpful. I'm not going to learn anything from them. But actually from the inside out, they're actually being so protectionism or protectionist, sorry, to their position. Mm-hmm. But that's what the personality is reflected in, in their behavior. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's understanding the root causes because we've seen that in the past and you can turn that around quite easily if, with self-awareness mm-hmm. that actually to become engaged, let's, how about you passing on some of your vast amounts of, of history and experience to the younger ones? Mm-hmm. So then you become more engaged with the people around you. They become engaged with you because they want to know about before you leave and retire, what you've got to offer and what you've experienced. So there's a, sure. again, we, we lose out on that potential and that experience. And um, yeah, so there's a, every story, every person has a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't always read it properly, purely from behaviors. Well, we certainly don't. It, it's deeper than that. So, David, what are we missing as leaders in today's culture? You know, we, we talk about toxic culture and safe work environments, you know, feeling psychological safety, you know, being able to speak up. Yeah. I love the title of your book, Speak Up, Listen Down. I can't wait to uh, get my hands on that when it comes out. What are we missing today, and what can we be doing better as leaders to create good cultures in our organ, in our families, in our organizations, wherever we're at? The first thing is don't chase culture. That sounds a bit counterintuitive, but there's a lot made of, and certainly in the UK, and certainly in policing in the UK, is we need to change the culture. We need to change how people behave. We need to change or make people compassionate and, and, and kind and have empathy. We need to first understand what's going on on the front line. And I go back to that point, what are they experiencing and what are they feeling at this moment in time? Mm-hmm. And then going back to what we said earlier is, is change the experience around them and, and, and build from that, that perspective. And, and part of that title of that book is we need to listen to the people at the front line. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some fantastic um, business kind of con- concepts. Uh, you might have heard of Red and Hei and the Hei com- company in China, where there's, there's small autonomous groups and they mm-hmm. look at groups of 12 to 15, which is about the maximum, really. But mm-hmm. they're self-managing. Uh, and that's the key because they are the closest people to the customer. And if you think in, in policing, the, the, the constables, the, the PCSOs we have over here and the, and the people working on the front line, mm-hmm. they have the closest connection to the public. Mm-hmm. They know what the problems are. They know what the solutions are as well. Mm-hmm. But if we look at that iceberg of what information gets passed from the bottom to the top, only something like 4% of that information is filtered what, for whatever reasons from the different layers gets to the top. So how can they make learned, constructive decisions on what's going to happen on the front line and policing when yeah. they're not in full kind of comprehension of the, of the facts? Yeah. And we need to get that flatter organisations mm-hmm. to actually deliver what the public wants. But the people at the front line know what, what needs delivering. 
So what we do is provide guardrails. Yes, it's got to be legal. Yes, it's got to be moral. And if you step out of there, there are consequences. And, and we start looking at some of the problems in misogyny and, and things like that and racism and things like that. But there's your guardrails. Go out there and we will support you mm-hmm. to do the job. Because what happens then, you get success. Yeah. And success breeds success. Actually, mm-hmm. that worked. That worked. And I'm not going back to the same family kind of five times a month. I've done the fantastic job. We've sent the right person to do it. We've mm-hmm. gone once because we've got the right result. Mm-hmm. And the family or the public who are then connecting and have that relationship with the police, that's a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Because, wow, we had a police officer come around yesterday. We had a real problem, myself and whoever, mm-hmm. and they solved it. Mm-hmm. They spent the time, they listened, they worked out the best course of action, and they were great. And I can only, only recommend them. And this is how we the, – the, the byproduct of all that is culture. <laughs> because the behaviours exhibited and the success felt is translated to how they talk to people, interact with people, have relations – break down conflicts as well. And that's reflected up the ladder. David, I love it. I, I follow Brad Lee's podcast called Dropping Bombs. He's got this little bomb sound effect, and he drops bombs whenever someone drops a bomb. But for anybody listening, boom. Great bomb by David. Don't chase culture. This is something I absolutely love, this mentality, David. like mm. I feel like it's it's so interesting when, when people can feel problems with culture mm-hmm. and then what happens is, is leadership feels it tries to make an adjustment to correct it and their adjustment comes out in words yeah from the top yes and and the culture's going like you said you got to change their experience nothing in their experience nothing that you were doing to incentivize behaviors one way or the other or encourage successful behaviors or, you know, applaud people doing the right thing. None of that has changed, but they're, but they're hearing different words. And all that creates is this inauthentic sort of feeling of hypocrisy Mm -hmm. that just does, it almost does further damage to the culture, I think. Yeah. Like you get into like a vicious circle, don't you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's your catch 22 scenario. Again, on, on LinkedIn recently, we've, we've been reading so much on culture and it's almost if when the culture kind of, we need to change the culture, um, they don't know what the problem is. Mm-hmm. And they're using culture as a, a kind of overriding kind of umbrella to say, mm-hmm. we don't know, really know what's going on here, but we'll call it the culture. We'll mm-hmm. call it the culture problem. And I, I don't know if you, um, I've read some of uh, Daniel Amen's stuff and on TEDx. Um, um, I may have. I don't recognize the name, but I've seen a lot of TED Talks yeah. and TEDx stuff. Psychiatrist, actually, uh, and neurology, works in neurology. I'll uh-huh. double-check that, though. But I, I've, I pinched two of his um, quotes and sayings. And one is, how do you know if you don't look? Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're doing. And the other one, which is kind of covers culture at the moment is we, we throw darts in the dark and until we know what's happening at the ground level, shall we say, and what the root cause is, all mm-hmm. we're doing is throwing darts in the dark. Mm-hmm. We need to turn the lights on 
and then start throwing the darts because we'll, we'll actually get the target a lot quicker. I love that. Don't throw darts in the dark. Turn the lights on. Yes. I absolutely look, love that. Have a look at Daniel's um, TEDx. 15 yeah, minutes. I love that. And I, I you know, your, um, your comment too about communication, only like a 4%, I think you said, of communication actually gets up the chain. I, I have a, I, I use a metaphor. I call it like the Bermuda Triangle of leadership where, you know, stuff goes in and, and it never comes out and no, no one knows what happens to it. But, you know, it's really like, it's like the worst game of telephone. If you're, if you're yeah. familiar with the old telephone game and passing the phrase around, yes. you know, it, it's, uh, and, and for all you conspiracy theorists out there, it, it's no accident that the space shuttles will launch from Florida over the Bermuda Triangle. I'll just throw that out there. Right. But, okay. um, you, you can look, you can look into that yourself, but, yes. um, <laughs> I don't want to go down a, a weird rabbit hole, but I, I'm telling you there that like, there's so something to that so much of, of how communication travels and, and, mm. and people leaders, it's so, it's so challenging to get yeah. good information from people at, at the ground floor. I've heard schools of thought, David, and I'm curious your, your opinion on this. Um, I can't remember how it was described in this book and I can't remember the title of the book, but it talked about leaders having sort of, um, their own uh, like secret team at every level in the organization where they, they actually sort of, uh, you know, befriend certain individuals to almost, I hate to use the word spy because it may seem like a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. I don't mean it that way, but they almost have people at different levels in the organization that feed them information of what's really going on. Have you ever heard of that sort of uh, strategy? And, and what would you, uh, what would you say about something like that? Not certainly not directly. Um, I, I think what you you get, I mean, it's um, it's complicated, isn't it? You you get people that are overpromoted um, that that suffer in their in their role. And Why do you think that's happening? Do you think that's a pretty systemic problem these days? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because um, I think we we select on the wrong reasons. Um, personality being one, performance, and. I think the suffer in the in the police service is that they that's you get to this mini me kind of situation that to get to the next level I need to behave like that I need to look like that I need to talk like that I need to agree with that person as well so we lose that creativity and if there's no psychological safety right don't explore different avenues and different thinking it becomes like a yes man culture where everybody's just yeah. doing what they're yeah. told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, or fighting for the next level. And we end up kind of working these silos rather than a, a, a synergy and, mm -hmm. and collaborative, collaborative, sorry, should I say, kind of um, environment, which is healthy for everybody, mm -hmm. to be honest. Because again, you, if you feel that success together and, and celebrate as a team and celebrate together, you want to do it more. Mm -hmm. So, and, th and there's any number of reasons why that information is, is filtered through. I don't want to tell the next level up of something that's gone wrong. So I'll kind of call it sex it up or kind of skirt around the, the real truth about what's going on. Or actually, when, when we start looking at mental health as well, and if somebody's mm -hmm. out of kilter and in terms of the balance with that complexity and role mm -hmm. they're not happy to actually pass that information on so how do we change that david would it i mean is it is it being caused because of the response of the leaders being told that information i mean if someone comes to me with bad information and i respond 
you know, there's going to be negative consequences about that bad information instantly, then I'm, I'm almost de-incentivizing my people <laughs> to share with me what's going on. Right. Yeah. So isn't, isn't, so can I, can I change something I'm doing to, to change that? I'll come around again to self-awareness. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard because you, you need that self-awareness and psychological safety top to bottom. And right. Some, so it's the catch 22 say, again. It's yeah. And some, and some flatter, some flatter organizations, mm. but also um, we, we use a psychometrics called a Q23, which is a, a stripped down version of, of uh, the full quantum assessment. Mm -hmm. and, and it's looking at how people feel and experience in their role. Are they loving their role? Is, um, are they in burnout as well? Mm -hmm. um, and we can feed that into a kind of a group dynamics to see where the hotspots are. Who's not actually happy with their role, happy with the task, happy with leadership. Hmm. Um, and it has to be non-judgmental as well. Uh, and that's a key thing, which probably I haven't touched on yet, is that if you start pointing fingers and getting personal and right, it's your fault, this is all going wrong, we lose hmm. that opportunity to put something right. If we reframe things and say, right, things aren't going so well, are you, are you enjoying the, the position or... Um, Oh, that's probably not a good question, but let's let's work this out together to, to make the experience better for everybody. How can mm -hmm. we do that mm -hmm. rather than pointing fingers? Because in right. a group, if we start doing that, we've lost it. <laughs> right. And and if you probably notice that on, on LinkedIn, as soon as somebody gets personal <laughs> with somebody else, yeah, the right. argument's gone out and it's mm -hmm. you might as well just it's a waste of time. And sure. that that happens in politics, to be honest, and, and government and, and things oh, like yeah. that. 100%. Once you start pointing fingers and getting personal, that any good intentions on arguments and trying to make things better is lost. It's out the window. Yeah. That's all. I mean, that's old school Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people stuff right there. Don't, uh, you don't correct, you, you know, you don't criticize, <laughs> right? Nobody wants to be criticized. Yeah. Uh, and you, you need to improve. And you, you have to challenge, but you have to challenge in the right way. Mm -hmm. um, I heard a great analogy about, um, I'm trying to think his name now, on psychological safety. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a fine line, isn't there, between bullying and kind of challenging poor performance. I mean, mm -hmm. you have to be kind of mindful of that. But it, it's like going to the gym. Uh, and if you've got a good gym instructor, they will push you and know how far to push you to get mm -hmm. the best out of you. Mm -hmm. And yes, it might ache or you might get a, a, your twinge at the end of it but you know that you can come back the next day and push yourself a little bit further than you know how far to push mm -hmm. if you have a bad instructor and give you such a, a huge weight that you put your back out or pull a muscle right. and you can't go for another month mm -hmm. that's no use to the instructor because they're not going to get paid it's right. certainly no use to you and, and you're going to have that experience and think i'm not going back there because i got injured right so in terms of psychological safety, it's knowing how far to, to push and knowing those people. And again, self-awareness, mm -hmm. who in the group is, is safe to be pushed? Mm -hmm. um, are, they, are they beyond their limits? Are they suffering from problems at home that actually mm -hmm. at this moment in time, I need to actually understand their welfare needs rather than kind of telling them they need to do this work at a certain point in a certain time, understanding them at a deeper level. So... Again, like I said, I keep coming around to self-awareness. That's probably, there's a bias on my point because I've been through it and experienced it. And, and that's what I'm kind of 
passionate about now. It's but important, it's David. It's so it's so big being self-aware. And I challenge all the leaders out there. If you if you're not following David first, go follow him on LinkedIn, David Howell. You can find him at Able A B L E A N D R U S H dot com. Ableandrush dot com. He's got a book coming out, Speak Up, Listen Down. This is super exciting stuff, David. I could talk to you all night. I'm gonna be respectful of your time. Right. Um, one right. one question I yeah. love to ask my audience before we go. Thinking of podcasting and technology, who knows the ripple effect, you know, this this podcast could create or who all's gonna see it. You know, GLE and, and our network will see it, but you know, it could be around for millennia for all we know. And great, you yeah, know, great, 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 great uh, grandson of, of Phil Swanson might be hanging out with the great, 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 you know, yeah. nephew of, of Uncle David. And uh, being like, well. hey, let's let's watch our let's watch our ancestors talk about stuff and w what it was like back in in uh, you know the yeah. crazy times of the of the early two thousands. What uh, what would you want to leave future generations with, with that perspective in mind, before we close today? I would say, remain human, and, and that's the important bit is build those relationships and, and understand people around you and understand yourself because it's it's a fantastic world out there and we've all got something to offer we just need to find it and direct it in the in the right way uh, and be happy and, and and don't get trapped in in jobs that aren't making you happy as well um, so many people and this is where we go to the great resignation i think and the or great realizations i call it is people are realizing there's more to to life than spending two hours driving to work and coming back and missing out on family and, and other relationships. Mm -hmm. um, so remain human. Yeah. I love it, David, everybody out there. Great advice from David Howell, remain human, turn the lights on. Don't throw darts in the dark, man. Just some really, really, really great quotes. How do you know if you don't look, um, there's more to life than uh, than the commute every day necessarily. So make sure you're doing what you need to do to fill up your tank and remain yeah. human toward uh, the other humans in your yeah. life. So then, go get yeah. Then we keep that empathy and we keep that kindness and keep that, that compassion. 100%. Yeah. Well, David, this has been fun, man. It's great getting to know you more. I'm sure we'll be chatting more along the way. I appreciate you coming on and sharing with the GLE Network. This has been great. Cheers, Phil. Cheers, y'all. Have a great rest of your day listening out there and go lead everything. If you think someone would benefit from hearing this episode or any of this content, please share it and send them over to goleadeverything.com to learn more. It has been amazing to hear about all the individuals who listen to and are getting value from the content here at GLE. Thank you for your support. You are the reason we do what we do. See you next time. Go.